Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For some quick context on this episode, a few coworkers and friends of mine were encouraged and supported in being able to go to Asbury University to experience the revival that everybody has been talking about and has been just blowing up on social media. We ended up going and experiencing what all the talk was about, and we'll have some reflections on that in the upcoming podcast episode, so be sure to check that out. In this specific episode, I was having a conversation with Major Nursing Kiston, and he was dropping a ton of knowledge on how this idea of revival is not foreign to the Salvation Army. In the middle of the conversation we were having, I decided with his consent to record the conversation. You will be listening in partway through it. You'll hear some background noise as we were recording outside of the lawn of Asbury University. I really believe you will find this conversation intriguing, entertaining, and hopeful for the future of the church. Major Nurson shares a lot of knowledge, wisdom, and insight. I won't explain much more about it, and we'll just let you listen in now to the conversation. So hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so as, something that I was kind of like thinking about was that I feel like nowadays a lot of our young adults... Um, are some of the ones that we've lost they've they've gone on to churches that have a more kind of charismatic charismatic feel. yeah more expressive you know um kind of manifestation of the spirit or whatnot and and they're they're craving and desiring that and i think what you kind of mentioned and what's really interesting to me is that it isn't foreign to our history to who we are as the salvation oh, army it, it feels that way maybe because for for maybe the younger generation haven't grown up in that and maybe it hasn't been talked about or these like these stories and these movements haven't been you know uh, brought to light but yeah the reality oh, yeah. is that it's a part of who we oh, are yeah. oh yeah i mean yeah the prophetic and the manifestation of the prophetic has always been part of our heritage even back into the early uh, late 1800s, at the conception of the Salvation Army, we were a charismatic mission. We were charismatic before charismatic was even a name and a title. Mm. Because it wasn't about the label, it was about the move of the Spirit yeah. in its purest. And, and you know what's interesting? Every season when the church goes through a journey of, uh, of where it loses some of its compass and loses maybe even some of its joy and becomes a little bit uh, mediocre. Mm -hmm. It seems like in every generation, God then raises up a new generation, a new offshoot, a new remnant right. to remind us that He's still present and His sovereignty still exists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was uh, talking with Ashley about that, actually, like using that same exact word of like the idea of like a remnant. Um, I, I, I personally feel like there is a remnant in our even in our own Salvation Army right now of, of young of young people that are in it and they're like desiring God and they're desiring, you know, the spiritual things. And it's it's going to it's going to have a huge effect. It's going to cause a, a, a change in a. Well, you, you know, I think what happens is. We, we get so comfortable in our conformity that we really realize after a while, and I believe God just, just God, I think, I think the Spirit of God just nudges us off that pedestal that we've been standing or sitting on. Because I think we, we just become so, our conservative Christianity can become very lukewarm. And I, and I think when you look at the picture of Revelation, where 
God said, if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. I think this generation is saying Christianity has become lukewarm. Mm-hmm. It's become too tame. We've mm-hmm. tamed our Christianity so that it's convenient. So we like a Christianity of convenience mm-hmm. rather than of confrontation. I mean, Jesus was a confrontationalist. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a spiritual disruptor. Yeah. He came and he disrupted the day and time. And I think our young people are attracted to the story of Jesus, but they're not attracted to the story of the church. Right. Yeah. And you see the distinction? I do. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. I think that's what's happened is the story of the church has been where we we see the ebbs and flows of it. The, but yeah, I, as I was sharing with mm-hmm. you, Paco, I think uh, there's a very strong historical movement within the Salvation Army where we were far more charismatic than what the charismatics are now mm-hmm. before that title or name was even given. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah what, what he says is like really interesting. It kind of made me think about what I think maybe we've lost in the churches a boldness, right? So like I think, like you said, it's it's kind of gotten lukewarm. And when I think about like even being here at Asbury and this idea of like revival, um, my kind of thought has always been like revival comes as a result of like repentance. Yes. So it's like, okay, so as a church, like what is it that we need to repent of? And I think, I think that's the, as you're talking about being lukewarm, you know, he talks about... Um, about all the good works that we've done, and I think as a church we've done a lot of we've done a lot of good. There's been a lot of things that we've been able to accomplish, being the hands and the feet of Jesus. But have we lost our love? And, then, and that's that's the fault of that of the church, right? Which is like we've lost our first love. We, we, we've yes. done the great things, yes. and and we've done them in the name of Jesus and the name of Christ. But well, well, you're right. We have lost our first love. And you know, when you look at the Book of Revelation, when God challenges us about, you know what? Uh, get back to your first love. And these letters to the seven churches. And as uh, John on the Isle of Patmos recalls this book of Revelation and tells us, you know what, if you don't remember your first love, then you'll be destroyed. And I think, yeah, as we stand here on these grounds of Asbury University and we look and we see a queue, like, I mean, it's, it's nearly, it's not a mile long, but yeah. maybe a good three qu- uh, quarters of a mile long right. as people are waiting hungry right. for a two o'clock worship service and it's only just 10 o'clock. Right. I mean, where, have you, where do you see people lining up to go to church four hours before the church service starts? Right. Well, well I mean, it's disruptive the whole psyche. And I think young people have always led revival. Mm-hmm. It, it takes courage, and it takes courage of leaders to say, let's just allow these young people to do what it is they know God is calling them to do. Right, 100%. Uh, you know, um, not so long ago I read a book uh, that was composed by John Larson, General John Larson. Uh, the book's entitled Spiritual Breakthrough. I think every young person should read it. Parker, you should definitely read it. Yeah. And I think there are, it's a collection of stories of the early day Salvation Army. Stories of a young captain going to the prayer meeting at 6 p.m. in the evening, and after midnight, the prayer meeting is still going. Mm. Stories of people becoming overwhelmed by the Spirit of God and resting in the spirit that's what they used to call and they would have stretches and there would be stretcher bearers they would pick you up 
It's recorded in John Larson, General Larson's book. And they'll put you, pick you up in a stretcher yeah. and they will rest you in the back of the Ch Salvation Army Citadel or wow. as the Spirit ministered to these people and mm -hmm. let them rest while the Spirit completed its ministry. I mean, yeah. it's just fascinating. And right. I, think, I think young people are fascinated in the things that can't be understood in the natural, yes, but are understood in the supernatural. Yes. I think people want a supernatural experience. You know, I've been wrestling with this concept. I think our churches now give people enough of Jesus to make them decent, mm. but not enough to allow them to make an impact. Wow. I yeah. think that is the challenge. And I think what's happening is we're seeing people saying, you know what? I want enough of Jesus to actually be impactful, not just enough to be decent and do mm -hmm. the right things. Mm -hmm. Living tame Christianity is no longer what this generation's after. That's why they're leaving the church. Mm -hmm. it's, they're not leaving Jesus. They're just leaving the church. Right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I feel like I feel the same exact way. I feel like young people... I mean, I think everybody, it's part of our, it's part of, I think, our human nature to want to live for something greater than ourselves. And I definitely feel that with this young generation, you know, they want to be able to live for something that's meaningful. And there's no greater meaning than to live for the cause of saving souls and to, to going out and to serving suffering humanity. And maybe we just haven't called them to that very well. Maybe we, we've, we've called them to be a part of a church to do Sunday, to do Sunday well, to do Friday well, but we've, we haven't maybe pushed in terms of the Great Commission, which is to go out and to share the gospel, to be bold. And maybe we've been tame even in that sense of sharing, sharing the gospel. I feel like we've kind of tampered that down a bit. You know what, you're 100% right. I think we've called people, I mean, you ask yourself the question, what does the church as we now know it exist for? Is it to feed the machinery, to make sure, like you just described, to feed or fuel the functions of the church so the church can just continue to exist and keep on moving on? And the bigger the church gets, the more machinery it needs, mm -hmm. right? Right. Or we call the church to be the church that Jesus actually gave birth to. Mm. You know, that's why when Jesus came and he said, I, I will destroy this temple, and in three days I will rebuild it. Okay. Solomon took years to build a temple. How can you come along, pull it apart and rebuild it? I think Jesus was actually talking about what we should be talking about. The church is not actually anything to do with functions and buildings and structures. Right. It has to do with people. people. How do we build a spiritual dynamic in the lives of men and women that they become legacy builders, yeah. kingdom builders? Yeah. Uh -uh. I think this is, this is a new conversation. Mm -hmm that we need, to, or not a new conversation, this is an old conversation, but we need to have it in a new season with a generation that is saying, I'm tired of the established church. Right. It's not meeting my soul need. Right. And I mean, S-O-U-L soul. Sure. Need. Yeah. My needs of my soul are desperate for something bigger and greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, with, with, I feel like with younger, this younger generation, we also need like elders to be, and, and people of wisdom to be, and people that are prophetic to be able to speak into their lives, be able to speak into, into what God is, is wanting them or, or providing a path of the calling that God has placed on their lives. 
I feel like that's absolutely important. I think you were kind of mentioning this earlier as you were talking about the moves of God in the Salvation Army, oh, yeah, that yeah. There, were, there were elders and individuals and officers that were, were um, providing maybe like some bumper rails for what for was kind of organically happening within the younger kind of generation. They weren't tamping it down. Yeah. They weren't saying, hey, you have to actually fit into this mold of what we call church and service of the way that we do church service. But they were allowing the freedom for them to be able to grow and to and to put down deep roots. Um, yeah. yeah. And not and not ta- not yeah. trying to fit them into the mold. Right. Well, well you know, there were people like Chick and Margaret Yule who gave young people permission to try new and different things. I think it was even here in, in the U.S. in Pasadena where Chick and Margaret Yule gave permission. To, because here's the thing. When young people start doing ministry, it's messy, real, really messy, because they get it wrong. They don't have the same maturity. They don't have the same discernment and wisdom of the older generation, which is right, because they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But they have enthusiasm. They have a yeah. zeal. We need, young, we need elder statesmen that can become the, the armor bearers that protects this younger generation. So go for it, or we'll protect you. Yeah. Go for it. And we'll guide you yes. so that when you stumble and you make a mess, we'll help you navigate through it. I think that's what we need more so now than ever before. I think if anything that I'm witnessing now while standing in Asbury is I think there's a generation of young people ready to revive America, mm. to speak a prophetic word. I think mm-hmm. as we, even just as we look at this mm-hmm. building where people are gathering to walk into, mm-hmm. it seems to me like, what those disciples would experience that day in the upper room when Pentecost broke through. Mm-hmm. You know, when Pentecost broke through, it would have been really messy. Mm-hmm. All sorts of crazy and unconventional things were taking place. The church was broken to its core in its traditional thing. And the Jewish rabbis of the time, they would have struggled to understand what was going on. Right. But what was birthing was the real church. Yeah. yeah. A spirit filled spirit-led church absolutely and that's what we want right yeah that's exactly what we want yeah that's what the world needs the world that's needs what the world it. needs yeah. yeah yeah that's what the world needs i know it's beautiful to see like all of the families you know uh uh you know men women bringing their kids you know so they can experience what god is doing what god the way that god is the way that god is moving and the crazy thing is this line's getting longer and longer yeah as people are gearing up uh the last public chapel that Asbury University going to have on campus, but not the last that we'll see or hear of what God is doing in our nation. You know, I think we've seen uh, some really, really uh, challenging seasons in the United States. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw the death of George Floyd and we saw a nation rebel Mm -hmm. against the pain and hurt that was buried deep within their spirit. Mm -hmm. We saw the groanings of the world, Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, we see the Spirit of God. It's not noisy. It's not dist- it's disruptive because it's changing people's lives and world and disrupting this small city here yeah. in Kentucky. But it's disruptive in that it's, it's causing people to ask the question, what does eternity look like? Mm-hmm. What's my purpose? Why do I exist? It's disrupting people. I mean, how many people have traveled? I mean, even just walking this line, people from all parts of the world are descending on this place just to touch, to feel, to sense what God's doing. I, I think, I think this is this is definitely an exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. 
I feel like this is the start of something greater and the fact that it's like moving to different campuses, uh, different churches, not even, you know, different denominations, I'm sure, are here present. Um, representation from all walks of life. I mean, yeah. if you look around, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful color palette. It's a mixture of, you yeah. know, many different people, different kind of backgrounds. And I feel like it's something that, I, I feel like it's something that's going to, going to reverberate that's going to have a huge ripple effects across this uh, across of course our nation across the world and it's something that's been sorely sorely needed right it's we're living in a time where the church is getting so much flack and hate and you know there's a lot of hurt that the church is you know kind of uh, has caused um but it, it's also the church is also it's the light you know it's a city on a hill it as is. well, you know, as flawed as it is. It is a city on a hill and we can't, we can't stop, we can't stop shining. You know, we can't pa- stop doing it. You know, Paco, you, you make a really good point uh, because the city, the church is a city on a hill. You know, it was interesting, Paco, I was uh, reflecting on this, you know, Billy Graham has now been promoted to glory. He's now living with his father in heaven and he's been gone from this earth for a few years now. It's only recent. And uh, many uh, in the evangelistic world have been asking the question, uh, what, who will step up and be the next Billy Graham? Will there be another Billy Graham? And um, I, I, I was reading the story of um, Professor Orr from Wheaton University. Uh, Professor Orr from Wheaton University took a, a group of college students from Wheaton University to look at some of the theological sites across England. And their first stop was the home of John Wesley. So the bus stopped or the outside of John Wesley's home. Professor Orr from Wheaton University led the students into John Wesley's home. Yeah. They walked into his kitchen mm-hmm. and saw where John Wesley would have had breakfast. Yeah. And then they went into John Wesley's library. And they were, they were reviewing all the books that John Wesley had written his, his hymns that he wrote with his brother Charles. Yeah. And they were looking at his comments and notes and biblical scholarly writings. Yeah. They were in awe. And then as the tour continued, uh, Professor Orr motioned upstairs that they were to go upstairs. And because upstairs was, was a smaller space and more tightly enclosed, they were in a single file. And the students, as they came up to the second floor, that was where John Wesley's bedroom was. Mm-hmm. And as they walked past John Wesley's bedroom, they noticed next to his bed were two divots. And Professor Orr explained to the students as they filed past that that's where John Wesley would pray each morning. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious that his prayers weren't the five-minute, hey, Jesus, help me. Yeah. They were lengthy, deep <laughs> prayers that would go on for hours. Yeah. And John Wesley would pray for hours each morning. And there was... As the students passed, they looked and they felt the divots of where John Wesley had knelt and they moved on and they jumped on the bus because they were going to the next site on their tour. Professor Orr counted the students on the bus and noticed one was missing. He raced back into John Wesley's home, walked through the kitchen thinking maybe the student was having a snack because they were hungry. No, the student was there. Walked into the library. Maybe because of his curiosity, he wanted to stay and ponder and read through the commentaries of John Wesley. No, he wasn't there either. Yeah. 
walks upstairs, and as he's walking upstairs, he could hear the murmurs of what appeared to be someone praying. Mm. And as he walked closer, he saw a young man knelt in the same imprints mm -hmm. on that worn floor next to the bed. This young man praying, weeping. Mm -hmm. Lord, just as John Wesley prayed for revival. Lord, just as John prayed that the world would find revival. Lord, do that in me. Wow. Do that in me. Wow. Professor Hall put his hand on this young man and said, son, it's time to leave. And a young Billy Graham stood to his feet yeah. and walked down those stairs from John Wesley's home. You know, Parker, I honestly believe what we're seeing today here at Asbury is young Billy Graham's yeah. on their knees in yeah. absolute worship yes. and adoration of God. On their knees praying, Lord, let a revival start and let it start in me. Yes. I believe revival starts like you just said, when people fall in love with Jesus again. Yes. People utter confession of word and truth of what it is that need to be confessed in their lives. And I'm saying that's what we see. Yes. Yes. I agree a hundred percent. Hey? I agree. And I'm yeah. praying the same prayers. I stand yeah. here and I'm watching students gather to go in for worship service in, what, three hours? Right. I can't believe I'm standing for church three hours. Yeah, exactly. yeah, in the freezing cold. The freezing cold. In the freezing cold, yeah. But I'm saying, Lord, let that revival start in me. Yeah. I want to be that. Right. I'm not young anymore. I'm getting to that senior part of my life. No, I'm, not, I'm at the beginning yeah. of it. Yeah. Not in the middle. <laughs> But I'm, I'm asking that same question. I don't think it's a question about age. I don't think it's a question about ethnicity. I don't think it's a question about any of that. I think it's a question of obedience. Yeah. Are we truly willing to be obedient and say, Lord, just do whatever it is you want to do. Right. And do it as radically as you want to do. And do it in a way that you want. You know, there's no hype about this. There's right. no uh, emotional hysteria. Right. It is simple authentic, pure, spirit-led, God-inspired engagement with the kingdom. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what I love so much about this is that it, it's not the, the flashing lights. There's no flashing lights. There's no gimmicks. There's no, you know, any of that. It's, it's simple. It's organic. And exactly. it's, pointing, it's pointing towards Jesus. It's pointing towards Jesus. And I think... What you talked about sharing the story about Billy Graham, I think that should be that's like should be our our first place to start is yeah. saying, Lord, like let let it be with me. Yeah, yeah, let it start with me. Yeah, you know, I think the heart of the message of the gospel is, God, do your work in me first. Break my heart. Yeah, mold my spirit. Like the potter is with clay. Lord, let me be clay in the potter's hands today. Yeah. 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 Maybe that should be our prayer. Uh, same thing as Isaiah says, here I am, send me. Yeah, come on. Right? Let's do it. Here I am, send me. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the great things is this is going to be the last public uh, gathering uh, here at Asbury College. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, I just want to affirm the way in which the leadership you have have stewarded this time and mm -hmm. steward this process uh, because it's saying, you know what? This is now, the fire is now so white hot 
Let it be. Let the contagion effect mm-hmm. of this fire mm-hmm. fan across the nations. Yeah, the nations of our world, and I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to to take that flame with me. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the fact as well with the, with the staff here. There is an end date. There is a cap date to this, yeah. but it's also it's also a a call to to mission, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're ending this, but you take you take what you've seen, what you've experienced, what you've learned. You take that fire and you allow it to go and spread, spread to your community, spread to your context, to where you're at. Actually, you know what? Maybe we need to reframe that. It's not an end date. It's a release date. There you go. That's that's what it is. A release date. Yeah. This is a release date. Yes. This is not the end of the public worship. This is the releasing of the public worship. Yes. And we're releasing the the spirit that has hovered. You know, it's just like you know. As I'm thinking through all of these things, I, in my mind, it's just like an image of Moses going up the mountain and the, the cloud of God that just had just hovered over him. Right. And, and you know, you're yet we're yet Ashbury. It's a cloudy day. It's like the cloud of God has just gathered over this worship center. Mm-hmm. And I just sense that the cloud is going to lift and it's going to move. As the people move, yeah. as Moses descended down the mountain, the Spirit of God descended down with you. Yeah. In fact, the scriptures say that when Moses came down the mountain, his face was glowing so profoundly, powerfully yeah. that he had to put a veil over his face. Yeah. Because the glory of God had so captivated his life that people could not see him without going, wow, here's a man radiating God. I want to be that. Yeah. Don't you? Yes, absolutely. Come on. Can Same you imagine yeah. me walking out and go, oh, that guy's going big. Yes. And I think that's what we want. Yes. I love the fact that I've come, we've come here this week. There's no big names. There's no big worship leaders. There's no big preachers. They're just students. Right. No professional, no big lighting rigs and big worship concerts and you know, there's no big show and fanfare. Mm-hmm. It's just simply God coming and showing up. Yeah, yeah. I love the way that he does that. It, I love it, it. it reminds me a, a little bit of, uh, you know, the birth of Christ, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was in a small manger. Yeah. It was in an inn. Nothing special about it. Yeah. yeah, nothing special about it. That was the start of everything. And you know, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great statement you made. Because... Those wise men, we don't know how many there were, but they followed that star. Yeah. And, and, and I think what made them wise was they were, not that they had superior intellect or knowledge or ability, maybe they did, but they were wise enough to know, I need to go that way mm-hmm. because there's something there. And maybe right. there's a crowd of wise men <laughs> and women go, you know what? The star is leading us that way. That's the way I need to go. Yes. Yes. Hey? Yeah, hey, I'm with that. <laughs> There's a group of wise people out here. Yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Well, this well, is great. Yeah, well, can, can you just say a word of prayer? And, yeah, I let's mean, do that. For, for those that are listening, you know, so that, you know, what, what, what they've heard, um, the, the things that you've been able to share, that, is, that it starts to spur something within them to answer, to be able to say, hey, let revival start with me. Yeah. Father, you are in the midst of all things, and you are in our midst today. We recognize your sovereignty in a world that seems to be in chaos. 
Lord, where the world was disrupted by a pandemic, by a, a call for justice. But Lord, social justice is no real justice. The justice is only through you. And Father, you are a just God, and we've seen your justice come to this part of the world in Asbury, and where you brought a revival to the lives of young men and women that have gathered on this campus. And Lord, your revival is not limited by boundaries or geographical locations. You are unlimited in power, glory. You're unlimited in grace and mercy, and I pray that same unlimited God will reach my friends that are listening to this podcast, will reach our world, that will shape our nation, Lord, and the nations of the world. Lord, we need a fire of God to fall upon us again. We need to be purified to the very core of our being. We need to know the power of the risen Savior again. And we need to reach out and touch like that woman who had been bleeding for years and years. We need to be willing to reach out to touch the hem of your garment. Allow your power to be released upon us, bringing healing and wholeness, bring a desire for the things of your kingdom. So Spirit of God, do that for all of us. And wherever this voice may carry, Lord, I pray where there's needs of healing, where there's a need for reviving of spirit, let it happen. Let it happen so that your name may be glorified and your will may be done in all the earth. Amen and amen. Amen. Thanks a lot. Appreciate that. Bless you, man. Yeah, bless you too. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you've been liking what you've been listening to so far, I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and to give it a share. We would also love to hear from you. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at SoCalDivision. That's at SoCal Division. And check out our YouTube channel at SoCal Division. Thanks for listening, and I hope that all of these forthcoming episodes will bless you. Peace. Peace.